Welcome to the Bare Naked Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Simmons. I am a psychologist, humanitarian, and entrepreneur. The Bare Naked Podcast is about truth and authenticity. It's about creating an atmosphere where we can boldly talk about our challenges without judgment. The goal is to have courageous conversations that inspire healing and understanding. Please join us each week as we dare to bear it all. Welcome to the Bare Naked Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Simmons. In today's episode, we'll be discussing a very interesting topic that you may or may not be familiar with. But before we begin, let me ask you a few questions. Have you ever felt inadequate, not good enough, or incompetent, even though the evidence suggests otherwise? Have you ever thought, oh, it's only a matter of time before they realize that I really don't belong here? Or have you ever questioned whether you're truly qualified for that job, that promotion, or even the accomplishment? If so, stick around. This episode is for you. Today, we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. This is basically when a person doubts their ability, their accomplishments, and their experience, despite evidence suggesting otherwise. It's feeling like a fraud, or even even though you're not, right? And it's fearing that someone will somehow expose you as being a fraud. Hmm. When you experience imposter syndrome, you tend to attribute your success to external factors. Like, oh, maybe this person's just being nice. Oh, well, I got the hookup from my mom or dad. Um, you, ex- you attribute it to luck and maybe even timing. I was just at the right place at the right time. Instead of attributing it to your own hard work, your talents and your efforts. Imposter syndrome can cause you to feel inadequate, stressed, anxious, and even depressed and it can affect your self-esteem and overall sense of well-being. In my experience as a psychologist, I've met many brilliant, talented, and accomplished individuals who suffer from imposter syndrome. The world sees them as doctors and lawyers, nurses, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, authors, so forth and so on, but they see themselves as inadequate, not Uh, not good enough, or somehow falling short. Despite all of their accomplishments, despite all of the accolades, these amazing individuals still bear this feeling of being frauds or not living up to um, the expectations. Today, I am honored to have with me two remarkable women who are doing great things in their respective areas. Um, Yet, they've both acknowledged to me and they've admitted to me that they are in fact familiar with uh, the feelings of imposter syndrome, of feeling like an imposter. Our first first guest is Grace Simmons. Grace Simmons is a travel mindset coach and is the founder of Amethyst Palava Hut. Through travel, Grace has learned confidence-building strategies like self-advocacy, resilience, and setting boundaries to protect her wellness. 
all of which have been tested and reinforced in the workplace. Now Grace's passion of travel and personal development combined to help uh, single women who feel disconnected from their authentic selves adapt a solo traveler mindset so that they can live with joy and ease without fear of the unknown. I like that. On her podcast, the random and wonderful um, podcast with uh, Grace Simmons, she brings you on her confidence building journey and invites guests to share how they turn barriers into opportunities and to advocate for themselves. So check that check that podcast up. It's wonderful, by the way. Our second guest is Cynthia Andujar. Cynthia is a licensed associate counselor working toward her LPC. And for those who are unfamiliar with that, it's licensed uh, professional counselor. She graduated with her master's in clinical mental health counseling in 2023. Whoop, whoop. That was fair, uh, 2021, rather, fairly recently. She is an amazing mother, a trusted friend, and really, truly one of the kindest human beings that I've been blessed to know. Welcome, Grace and Cynthia. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, so we're talking about imposter syndrome, and... Before we begin, I kind of want to just ask you if there's anything in particular that you would like the audience to know about you that we may not have covered. I think you covered it all for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm just, like you said, I'm working towards my um, licensed professional counselor um, license, and I eventually will have my own private practice. That's nice. It. Beautiful. Um, I guess a little um, question for the two of you before we get into this topic of imposter syndrome. And that question is basically, uh, what inspired your current career path? Like what made you, if you pivoted, what made you pivot? And if you've always been on this track, what led you on this path? So I can go first if you'd like. Um, my, up, my upbringing, I've always kind of felt out of place. And I was like, if there's, is there something wrong with me? Um, so when I got the opportunity to go back to school, um, I chose psychology, right? Cause I think every person who chooses psychology really wants to figure out themselves, mm -hmm. right? Really mm -hmm. first and foremost. So, um, I try to, I'm like, you know, my interest was, let me, let me see if maybe there is something wrong with me or, and if there is, let me see how I can fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I went to school, um, it took me a long time to finish school because I went to school. My daughter was six years old and I, you know, kind of was doing the part-time college um, thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as I was going through psych taking my psychology courses, I was experiencing life. So um, with all the barriers and, and all the obstacles, I was like, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll take this into like a counseling um, career instead because, I feel like if I'm, if, if I, as a single mother, if I can accomplish so much and overcome so much, like, you know, toxic abuse and, and um, domestic abuse and um, being a single mother and all that, um, I think I can help others. So it started out as me trying to figure myself out, like, is there something wrong with me? And it finished with um, kind of like, let me share with others what I have experienced. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of 
you know, brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. One of the things that I know personally is that you've been, you know, in school since 2007, you know, we're now in 2023. So really just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And I imagine there were probably times along the, along the way where you thought, when is, when's the end, you know, when when will it be over? Um, but you really persisted and, you know, I, what kind of led you to persist that way? Um, well, like I said, so my daughter, when my daughter was born, I, you know, I decided to go back to school when she was at the age of, you know, school age. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought like, if I want to teach my daughter that, you know, an education is important. And if I can do it as a single mother, then you can do it. So it was so funny because, um, you know, she was in first grade when I started school and she graduated college two years. She just graduated with her bachelor's two years after I finished my master's. Yeah. So I think I really, really wanted to instill in her that no matter what life throws at you, you can, you know, once you start, also like once you start something, finish it, no matter what life throws at you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that's the lesson that I wanted to teach her. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that she, she got it, you know, she got her bachelor's and she's going to go towards her um, doctorate. She wants to go straight for, to a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I felt like I had to prove to her, like, no matter what life throws at you, yeah. you can, you conquer, yeah. you know, having God in your, like first God and, um, you know, um, a relationship with God and then like, just continue to persevere cause you can do it. But it took me a long time. There were, there were times that I was like, Oh, when is this going to be over? But I, I, the thought of quitting never crossed my mind. I, mm-hmm. I, I like, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep going. Even if I have to cut down classes or, you know, it'll may, it may take me longer, but it's not about the race. It's, it's about the journey. You know, it's not, it's not how fast you get there. It's about the journey. So, um, I was blessed enough to finish school mm-hmm. and, um, I was blessed enough to kind of get into the field that I, that I want to, that, you know, that I thought that I would be a benefit to other people. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, that, that had me all emotional, just thinking your, your (laughs) why, your purpose, at least for, for a particular season was knowing that I want to be a good role model for my daughter. I want to demonstrate what it is to persist and to continue all the way through to the finish line, you know? And yeah, I've, I, I've known Adi, your daughter now, since she, since she was, I don't know what grade she was in. Like third. Third grade. <laughs> it's incredible to see her, you know, coming now, going into graduate school and wanting to uh, pursue her PhD. She's just brilliant, you know, so I, it, it's just wonderful. And, and, and Grace for you. So a little known secret, you know, um, Grace, you, you can, you can share kind of like your pivot you know, but one of the things that I want to say before I forget to say it here is how you've inspired me to kind of take that extra leap of faith, you know, to, to do the, to do the the podcast that I've been thinking about for way too long. And so, and I know that like just your courage, right? So like full disclosure, this is, this is my, my, my baby sis. She's not a baby, but I still say baby sis. Um, And to, you know, to see you kind of like 
do what you're doing now and, and just do it with so much passion and do it with so much grace um, was just such an inspiration. But, you know, you kind of would send me little nudges and little reminders. And I'm like, that's my girl. So I, I want to publicly thank you for that before before you add, you know, what may have if you if you've pivoted in your career path and if so, what inspired it? Well, that was really sweet. I'm glad I inspired you. Um, <laughs> trying not to, now I need my tissue. Um, so for me, oh, that pivot was, I was working as an administrative assistant. And from what I've gotten <laughs> over the past, uh, the four years that I was doing it, it was very much like a supportive role. That's just who I am as a person. I like, you know, being encouraging and all that good stuff. Um, but the problem is, the area that I was in was very toxic. There wasn't a lot of space to grow, expand. Um, and I just felt really stuck. And so it was actually in 2019, I think, um, I happened to go on a, like, a cousin and I went skydiving. Mm -hmm. And I remember just as we were falling out of the plane, mm -hmm. just having this like epiphany of one, how humbled and small I am in the entire scale of this wonderful planet that God's put us on. Yeah. And then two, why would I limit myself to such a backbreaking job when I can visually see from this, like being that high up that there's so much more out there. Um, and I remember coming back to work that next week and I was just like, I don't understand how we're all doing this. Like, we need to do more, guys. And so, um, well, you know, I could share a little bit more later, but it's just needing that shift. And it was a definite awakening to get out of, you know what, I don't need to be in this space where I'm unappreciated or um, people don't consider you as a person. You're more of an extension of furniture. You're there to just answer questions and solve things. Um, without them actually considering you as a person. And so um, that that was my awakening of, okay, well, what else can I do? And the first step was to leave that job and find something that actually aligned better with what I wanted to do, which is being a program manager for um, professional development. Nice. That's so beautiful. I don't know if you saw the little shift in um in Cynthia's face there, but she can relate to that experience way, you know, way, way, way too much. Um, and I, I, that's how I, that's how we met many, many, many years ago. You know that Cynthia was um administrative assistant for our MD for a medical director and also our administrative assistant for like what seemed to be the world because everyone turned to her for everything. Mm. I know when she said, you know, she wanted to pursue psychology, I was like the happiest person on the planet earth um, because I just knew it was just, it was a right fit. <clears throat> I didn't even think about it when you both agreed to do this, but like that commonality, you know, that yeah. threat. I know. I like that that came up. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, y'all know the three of us, we can go on and on and on. So let's, let's get into the meat. Um, if in full transparency, right? The reason why I decided to kick off the Bare Naked podcast with imposter syndrome is because it's something that hits home for me. Mm -hmm. And for honestly, I think the first time that I felt like this feeling of being an imposter was in graduate school. And mm -hmm. I was, I had been like, you know, academic All-American all four years of college. I do a major, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like did really great. 
But then I got to grad school and like everyone was so smart. Everyone was so smart. And and they came from, from like wealthy homes. And and I did not come from that. You know, I come from a small little country that's barely no, barely noticeable on the uh on the map, you know, from Liberia and, and just kind of thinking of my journey and being a child survivor of a civil war and, and coming to the United States. And now I find myself in this really great, you know, doctor of psychology program with folks that went to like Ivy League schools. And, and, and I thought to myself, I don't know that I belong here. Like, how did I even end up here? And like, mm. who spoke on my behalf? Somebody must have pulled some strings or something to get me in this space. And I'm telling you that when I think about imposter syndrome, that is the first time that it was glaring. I don't think prior to that, it, you know, I felt out of place in any way, but that particular uh, experience was such a marker for me because it made me feel like, oh man, I'm in the wrong place and maybe mm. I'm not good enough and maybe everyone else is better than me. And when it came to the, the podcast, in spite of the fact that like, whether it was Cynthia, whether it was my sister, whether it was Grace. And, and my client saying to me, Dr. Simmons, you really need to start a podcast. Like, you know, my friends are always like, what do y'all talk about in therapy? And, and I try to share with them what you give us, but you just need to put it out there for the world because mm. people can benefit from it. And I, and I always, I always said, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then guess what? When the time came to do it, I would always get cold feet. So questions mm. like, oh my God, you're really going to put yourself out there. What will people think? What if you sound stupid? Like, you know, all of these things kind of came across my mind, right? So it it froze me for literally five years until this year. I'm like, you're doing it. I don't care what. You're going to just do it. Let me ask you both some questions, right? And you can, you can, I'll, you can take turns answering these questions. The first thing is, tell me about the first time you felt like an imposter or about an experience that made you feel like, you know, like an imposter. And and Cynthia, you can go in and grace. Okay. Um, so I think I've always felt it. I just didn't know that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've always doubted myself. And um, as a therapist, though, that's when it it came into like full fruition, if you will, because I'm like, um, sometimes I'll I'll see, I'll see my clients. And actually when I heard about imposter syndrome, one of my clients said, I think I have imposter syndrome. And in my mind, I'm like, what is imposter syndrome? You know, I didn't know what it was. I mean, I knew, I just didn't know that there were, that it was a thing. As soon as she got off, I was like Googling it. I said, who was my best friend? What is imposter syndrome? And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, that describes me to a T. Like I, that's when I realized that, you know, it, that's what I had, you know, that's what I suffered from. And so it was so like, it was like a light bulb that went off. Like, even though I have my an associate's degree, even though I have a bachelor's degree, even though I have a master's degree, you know, I still always doubt myself. I still always feel like, like you, you don't belong here or you, you don't know what you're talking about. And another quick incident was when, um, I was doing like a role play with one of my peers and she was doing like a CBT technique. And when, you know, she was, she, she kind of, we kind of use like imposter syndrome as I was the client. And when she broke it down the way she did her therapy sessions, um, 
the way it ended, I, you know, then I really doubted myself because I was like, I'm not that therapist. Like, I don't, I don't do the technique like that, you know? And I was like, do, am I a good therapist? Like, oh my God, what am I doing to my clients? Like, I, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I really, really hit home. Um, but then she did the evidence, like, what's the evidence that's showing, that's saying that you don't, that you're not smart. Cause that was my theme. Like, I'm not smart. She was like, where's the evidence? You have a bachelor, you have an associate's degree, you have a bachelor's degree, you have a master's degree. Where's the evidence that you're not smart, you know? And so that's when I realized that, wow, I really do have this thing called imposter syndrome, you know? And so what I do now is I, I, I just have to continue to affirm, like, you know, um, say, you know, you, you got this, you know what you're doing. And my evidence, my latest evidence was when I left one practice for another, I got feedback from my clients, each of them. And they each said, I connected with you. I connected with you. And so I felt like, okay, I may not know all the techniques, but I connect with my clients and I do make a difference in their lives. So that's how I kind of, um, that's how I, I kind of look view it now, um, but I still struggle with it. I think I, I think it it goes back to when I was a child, like you know, people placing doubts in my life, like you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you know. So that's my story. Yeah. Thank you for your for your truth and just being really honest and open about that. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pause on any feedback I may have, you know, or, or like follow up questions. But um, Grace, what about you? Tell us about a time where you felt like an imposter. Um, so I spent almost nine years in the army and my story is that being, let's start from college, actually an ROTC, um, I felt like I was surrounded by like everyone else knew how to be a great soldier. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just did not fit in. And so I felt like my entire military career was trying to catch up with everyone else. Um, and like you mentioned, like there's certain things that you're, I, 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 we had to do like um, orienteering or so wayfinding, navigating. I was not great at that. Um, in the middle of being in the trees and hanging out and understanding all these different strategies, that was not my, my thing. Um, but what I was better at, and I didn't put two and two together, was actually when people would, the big soldiers would come and they would have their personal issues and they would just, I don't know how to relate what I'm doing to this or we're reservists. So I feel like I'm a big person, you know, when I'm in the military and then when I go to my day job, I don't know who I am then. And it just became like, that was where I found that strength. Again, all of this a couple of years later and I was like, I'm a really great coach. Um, but mm -hmm. I, that's always been in the back of my head is like, I've been so many years, um, dedicated to being a soldier and being, I am an officer. I should be a leader. I should be this. I should be that. Um, and every single year, probably around when we had to do our physical test, um, I was just like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know one. I'm sure no one else believes in me or whatever. Um, but again, grateful to have people who are pulling you into that direction of like, no, no, you're fine. Like, this is just one instance. Do your test. You'll be fine. Get focused on where you mm -hmm. actually shine. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. but definitely my, my military career 
ended up being the foundation of where yeah. I am now, but it, it was I, a continuous, continuous trudge through imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, I like about the two of you is just kind of, um, it's, this is a conversation that's hard to talk about, right? Cause again, to other people, you're really, uh, you're really accomplished and you've got all these accolades and you're doing wonderful things, but yet there's something inside of you. That's just like, I don't know mm -hmm. I'm doing this right. One of the high mark of, uh, imposter syndrome is this tendency to compare, right. Mm -hmm. To like a moving target. Because we're like, oh, look at Mary. Wow, Mary did that so much better. You know, and, and and the next thing you know, you're not looking at the people who maybe are at your same level or or you're not even thinking about what other people are saying to you. Like, wow, Grace, you did amazing. Or wow, Cynthia, you're so good at this. It's like, we minimize those things, but the things that stick out are the one of two times where someone says, yeah, no, you you may want to try that again, or can I give you a little feedback? And we say, yeah, you can give it. And then when they give the feedback, we're like, oh, you know, that's just like, this, this completely fresh. We welcome the feedback until it was given. And then it just kind of reinforced this idea mm -hmm. of like, man, I knew I was an imposter anyway. Yeah. Um, what do you think caused you to feel like an imposter? in different situations. I know Cynthia led with kind of maybe some family influences. What for, you know, if you wanted to add some more grace for you, what do you think uh, made you feel like an imposter? Um, I'll actually connect it to this administrative position. I felt like, if, again, I was in the reserves while I was doing this. So I have two different government jobs um, where it seemed like, it seemed like I wasn't really the one who was making my, like every time I got a promotion, I was surprised, genuinely surprised. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. we have to do these write-ups and I'm reading all these things and I'm like, I don't, I don't remember. I really like, was that even a big deal? Like you said, you don't really pay attention to these things. Um, I think it's one comparison was definitely a, a piece because I think people felt like they knew who they were, they knew what they were doing, and they knew what their future looked like. And for me, I felt like I was just trying really hard to fit in. Um, our parents moved around a lot. So I'm used to having, you know, maybe a couple of years in elementary, in an elementary school, and then we moved to another one. And then da da da. And now we moved across the country. And so not having those like deep roots and that sense of self carried with me even into the military, which is supposed to be what, like the world's largest fraternity, right? Um, and so being who I am and still trying to figure out my place in whatever space I was in, um, it really affected the way I, I showed up. So as far as I was concerned, I just wanted to blend in and not be seen. And every time I didn't like stick up to my own standard, I felt like I stood out. I didn't but I felt like I stood out. I felt like everyone could see that I had failed at something or I, I didn't run as fast as someone else or I didn't understand some concept as quickly. And so just trying to figure out who I was and not having that like reassurance of, I know where I'm going with my day. I know, I'm go I know where I belong in this world. Um, that definitely carried through from my military career, being an administrative assistant. Beautiful. Um... 
What about you, Cynthia? You mentioned a family environment, but are there other, what do you think caused you to, to feel that like a, an imposter in some way? Other examples or other causes? Yeah, I think I, I, think I struggled with it the most um, as a therapist, mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many um, disorders that you have to know, or there's so, I feel like I have to know it all and I don't. You know, and so that makes me feel like, why are you even here? You don't even know, you know, um, what these acronyms are or, you know, um, you don't even know this technique or, you know, um, things like that. So that, that kind of makes me feel it kind of just still kind of it's like a continuous like a continuous feeling that I have, but the evidence, like you said in the beginning, the evidence shows otherwise, because I will from time to time ask my clients, like, how do you think our session went? You know what I mean? Um, and they're like, oh, I, I learned so much. And, you know, um, you've, you've really been supportive and, you know, and I get all these great feedbacks and I'm like, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, I, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing this, you know, I, I'm connecting with these people. I'm helping them. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, with the help of supportive people like yourself, Dr. Simmons and, um, many others, I think that I just have to continue to just go along my path. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I always tell uh, graduate students, early, early career therapists, psychologists, so forth and so on, to give it time, right? The expectation is not that we're going to know all things at all times, you know? And I think that's just a, a little note for if, if there's anyone out there, you know, whether it's a therapist or whatever job you're in and you're thinking, man, I don't know as much, I, you know, something that is important to know is that experience matters. You know, some of those yeah. things come with experience. Some things we learn in the classroom, other things we learn through experience and, and, and to be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself and, and, and um, allow yourself to just learn as you go. I kind of wanted to point out to a number of different factors that typically impacts imposter syndrome, right? So one, one of the big ones is family environment, for sure. It's growing up in a, in a household, a lot of times where maybe people, um, they wouldn't celebrate you as much as they would criticize you. The other thing is social pressures. You know, there's this sense that, oh man, this person is 30 years old and they're, they, they have accomplished, so he's a multi-billionaire at 30. What are you doing with yourself? You know, kind of looking at this pressure to perform all the time, always be on go. You know, we don't have to always be on go. In fact, our bodies need us to actually be able to rest and relax and calm down and restore because that's how we repair ourselves to do it again the next day, you know. Um, Grace, you mentioned a sense of belonging. And that's a big one because we, we kind of want to fit in. We know we want to look like we got it together. Sometimes we don't, you know, and when we don't, other people may not notice it, but in our minds, we feel like we stick out like a sore thumb. And everyone's like, oh, but you blended so well. You're such an extrovert. And in reality, you're like, no, you clearly don't know me. <laughs> if you knew me, you'd know I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Cynthia mentioned something about it being like, uh, so I take issue. I'm one of the folks that kind of take issue with it being called imposter syndrome, to be quite honest with you. I like to think of it as like imposter experience or imposter phenomena, because I do not think, I think it falls within the realm of normalcy to some extent. Sometimes your external environment, you both talked about work environments. I know, Grace, especially you, 
the work environment can make you feel like, okay, you don't belong. You know, there are biases, there's this, there are discrimination. Um, there are certain things that may apply um, to others that may not apply to you. There are certain leisures that are giving others that, that you aren't given. Um, I know like when you're in management, sometimes you're surrounded. For me, I know I felt this before and this is way too familiar where you're either the youngest or you're the only black person or it's a, a bunch of men and you're the only one and you, you really don't feel like you belong. So sometimes it's not just an internal struggle, but rather that there are external factors that play into you feeling that way. So I kind of wanted to point that out because I am I am strongly advocating for imposter experience or an imposter phenomenon as opposed to it being a syndrome or an illness. So we're now towards the end and I kind of want to ask you, we we gave little little breadcrumbs along the way, but how how do you cope with imposter syndrome? How did you cope with it then? And if it still rears its ugly head every now and then, how do you cope with it now? I'll start by <laughs> Imposter syndrome is definitely still present. It's the imposter experience is mm -hmm. definitely still present. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful. One, a practice that I did learn from the military is creating something called an I Love Me book. Um, and that just translates mm -hmm. to putting up post-it notes or making little notes to myself um, about tiny, tiny little wins and accomplishments that I've done. And so being able yeah. to keep reminding myself of things that I have accomplished or conversations that I had or just positive things, it definitely, so if I am starting to doubt who I am and what I'm doing, I remember these things. Um, and then I'm, so a conversation I actually had a couple of weeks ago was I was trying to figure out like coordinating being a podcaster and running a business and trying to be a coach and all these different things. And I had someone who I was, she looks like she has everything together. And I reached out to her and I was like, you know, how do I do this? How do I put these pieces together? And she was like, well, what do you do? I said, well, you know, I'm a leadership development uh, program manager. And these are the different things that I'm interested in. And she was like, it sounds like you have everything you need. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> wasn't the advice that... <laughs> that I was expecting, but it was just like from an outside appearance. Cause I, I'm, I've had to tell myself that you have everything you need. It's just time. And hearing someone else say it like, no, no, no. I, I see that you have the experience that you're concerned that you don't actually have. You have the um, actual, like the talent, you have the passion, you have the interest to so reminding myself constantly that this is, this is something that I've been interested in for years I'm finally putting it together and it's going to take time um, and definitely limiting my time on social media because the thief of joy and creativity is trying to compare yourself to somebody else. And it's just constant yeah. lashing of that. So being mindful of social media, purposely reminding myself, like, you're fine. You're, you're doing okay. You're fine. My, making sure I'm telling other people who I'm like, you know what, let's do this together. Let's let me pull some like strength and encouragement from other people because I want to make sure that we are actually all supportive or supported. Um, and as we go through these different issues, you know, we have somebody that you can actually talk to. So that's that's how I, I stay ahead of it <laughs> when it shows up. 
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Cynthia, how about you? How do you cope? Um, I love that, Grace. I think I'm going to take your idea with the I Love Me book. <laughs> I think that's amazing. That's great. Um, I really just try to uh, reassure myself. I'm also surrounded by um, a circle of friends that are very supportive. And, um, you know, without me even knowing, I, I get their feedback, you know, and, and it makes me feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Like Grace, like, you know, you got this, just keep going, keep learning, keep growing because nothing happens overnight. I also, um, you know, get the, once in a while, like I said before, say, you know, get the feedback off my clients. Like how, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, how do you feel that, you know, I'm, I'm as a therapist, you know, working to, with your, you know, kind of issues. Am I helping you in the way that you need me to help you? And getting their feedback just really reassures me and that helps me. I like that. I mean, you you all hit the the main points here in terms of, you know, what to do, how to cope with that. I guess a, a few things that I would add is the, the first thing that I encourage people to do is to like if you feel it in that moment to just stop. Like literally stop what you're doing, take a deep breath. Because when emotions are high, logic is low. So when when emotions are high, logic is low. I live by that. And, and breathing kind of allows you to be able to like reset for a second so that you can think more logically. Because when we're feeling like an imposter, you're, you're anxious. You're, you're kind of wound up internally. Maybe people can't see it on your face, but you certainly feel this internal turmoil. And you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm not doing this right, I'm not doing this right. And so all you're feeling is like you're caught up in this tornado of emotions. So it's important to just be able to stop for a second and just breathe. Once you breathe, you can then notice like, okay, what's going on here? Let me evaluate the evidence for or against this particular thing that I'm thinking right now. What have people told me? What do I know to be true? What are my accomplishments? You know, if you have a hard time finding things, because sometimes imposter syndrome can be so strong for some that it's really hard for them to identify their strengths. So call someone that knows you, that, that, that you can trust, and they will then tell you, listen, you're brilliant, you're kind, you're a good listener, you're a great friend. Write those things down. And, and kind of keep them with you. Uh, I have something that I encourage people to have, which is similar to what Grace recommended. I just call it a compassion kit. And a compassion kit is very similar to an I Love You book. You know, it's it's about, okay, what are some, whether it's quotes, whether it's, com you know, uh, uh, um, uh, um, comments that people have said to you, things that you've accomplished, to in those moments where you really want to beat yourself up, to turn to your compassion kit and say, okay, you know, I am I am um, a good human after all. I, I I did get this particular award or I did work hard for this. I put in 18 hours for this, you know, instead of being like, oh, it was just timing or I just mm -hmm. got lucky. So to, to just look for moments where you can shower yourself with compassion mm -hmm. because it offsets that critical voice on the inside of you that's like you're not good enough you're inadequate in some way you're not doing this right but when the evidence proves uh, otherwise you can have a visual evidence to say you know what this is what the evidence says and yes indeed i am not an imposter can i tell you something and then maybe i can kind of like um leave us with this is that 
real imposters don't have imposter syndrome. They don't get have a sense of, I don't belong here. Okay. So if you're feeling like an imposter, it is confirmation that you are not that because real imposters do not experience imposter syndrome at all. Right. All right. Any last minute thoughts from the two of you? Um, I just, I would just like to encourage people out there that um, are struggling with this to kind of listen to this, to kind of, um, cause I've learned a lot being here just by everybody, just by Dr. Simmons and Grace's, you know, story and information. Um, just continue, just continue because you do, each of us has a calling. That's what I believe. And just follow your path. And I just, I, I love the adding or adding to making sure you're following your path is be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Stop comparing yourself to other people um, and just move at your own pace because it's going to happen. Everything that you need is within you and it'll happen. I, I love that so much. And you, as we talked about comparison, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, just be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we spend so much time trying to be other people when in reality, you're beautiful. You're wonderfully made. You, you, everything you need is already inside of you. And there are people in your life that love, admire, and appreciate you just as you are. And you don't need to be anybody else but you. Um, so that, you know, that wraps up, that wraps up. Our first episode of the Bare Naked Podcast. I am so honored that you, Grace and Cynthia, that you decided to join us today. I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation about imposter syndrome. Thank you for your authenticity. Um, and again, we're going to advocate for changing it from imposter syndrome to imposter experience because it truly is just an experience that's that's rooted in a whole bunch of other things. All right. So to our audience, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share, like, and subscribe. Um, and then if you're watching this on, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this on Spotify, please make sure to answer our, our questions there. And if you are watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. We really, really appreciate it. I personally am looking for, for comments. So leave a comment. Let me know your thoughts about, about this particular um, episode and also what you would like to know more about. Because remember, it's our journey. We're taking it together. Again, thank you all so much for your time and for hanging out with us. Until next time.